So today, though, we are in the book of Acts. And remember, the book of Acts is all about victory. Anybody wake up anxious this morning? Nobody? Okay, good. You don't need this sermon then. No. Uh, I, I know. We all are every morning. Right? We, I was talking to somebody yesterday. I said we have to work from fear to faith every day. We start out with fear. We work to faith. A lot of prayer, a lot of God's word, a lot of promises, right? But it's, the book of Acts is great. It's all about victory no matter what we are facing in life. No matter what. Uh, and the, uh, through, the, through our faith in Jesus Christ and the power of the Holy Spirit. Okay, I think you might remember this for the rest of your life after we've done this so many times, right? But the, if you want to turn to the Bibles, if you grab the Bible on the way in, it's page 926. Otherwise, you're on your own or else we always have the verses up here, okay? But the title today is Baptism, A Vital Step and Reminder. A Vital Step and Reminder, Acts 19, 1-6. And, and baptism is a vital step for every new Christian. As soon as we, if we become a new Christian, uh, we put our faith in Jesus Christ, very important next step is baptism, okay? But it's also, it's not just that. Baptism is a very important reminder for every one of us. Every time we watch a baptism video, every time we go to see a baptism, uh, every time I preach on it, you're going to hear this, what, what it's really all about. It's a vital mind reminder for every Christian, there's some really important reminders that I'm going to drive home today. All right, so now we just watched another baptism video. Uh, if you are just watching the sermon part of it out there somewhere uh, in the future, you can go back to our worship service and, and catch the, the baptism video there, or you go on YouTube or podcast or any of those, okay? So, uh, but why are we so into the baptism? Why do we talk about so much Watch the videos and all that. You're going to find out in just a minute here. There's a reason why the Holy Spirit keeps emphasizing in the book of Acts baptism as we were going to see here. Okay, let's pray. Father, thank you for uh, the worship, uh, which was beautiful. We thank you for Yoshi and her, the blessing that she has been to our church all these years, these 20 years. Such a blessing. And uh, we're just so thankful for her. And we're thankful that we can celebrate her 90th birthday. Unbelievable. And, Lord, we just pray now that your Holy Spirit would speak to every one of us. If someone here has never put their faith in Jesus, someone watching never put their faith in Jesus, this would be the day. And, and for all of us, Lord, that it would be driven home to what baptism means to us on our daily life, our spiritual life, our life of faith. We pray that in Jesus' name. Amen. Okay. So, uh, Acts 19, 1 to 6, we, uh, we touched on these verses last week, but I want to focus on them today. In Acts 19, verse 1, should I use my Bible? Uh, yeah. I can just read out of the Bible. It's okay. I just hope it's the same version. All right. Sorry, we have a couple technical difficulties getting everything back on. So I'll start. Re- I'll read this for now, Rob, and then uh, once you get going, I'll switch over. Okay, verse one. While Paulus was at Corinth, Paul took the road through the interior and arrived at Ephesus. There he found some disciples and asked them, "Did you receive the Holy Spirit when you believed?" They answered, "No, we have not even heard that there is a Holy Spirit." So Paul asked, "Then what baptism did you receive?" John's baptism, they replied. Paul said John's baptism baptism was a baptism of repentance. He told the people to believe in the one coming after him, that is, in Jesus. On hearing this, they were baptized into the name of the Lord Jesus. When Paul placed his hands on them, the Holy Spirit came on them, and they spoke in tongues and prophesied. 
there were about 12 men in all. I'll get another verse threw in there, okay? So uh, very interesting. Um, In Ephesus, they found, Paul found some disciples who, disciples, they knew about John's baptism. John's baptism was a baptism of repentance, preparing for Jesus, the Messiah, to come. That's what his baptism was for. And, uh, but Paul fills them in on Jesus. He said, now Jesus has come. Jesus died on the cross. Jesus rose from the dead. And now you need to believe in him, to put your faith in him. Verse 4, when I said, uh, he, told them that he told the people to believe in the one, that is, in Jesus. So they have to believe in Jesus. They have to put their faith in Jesus. And then the very next thing he does after he tells them that, the very next thing he does after they put their faith in in Christ, verse 5, on hearing this, they were baptized into the name of the Lord Jesus. Baptized. We see that very next thing in baptism. We have seen baptism all over the book of Acts. All over the book of Acts, we have seen baptism. uh, And it's always immersion. It's under the water and out of the water. If you are sprinkled at some point as a baby or any point in your life, that's nice. That's a dedication. That is not what the Bible teaches about baptism. That's a tradition that was developed to dedicate children, but that's not biblical baptism. Biblical baptism is always under the water. So if you were sprinkled as a baby, it doesn't count. Uh, It's nice. It's okay. It's a dedication, but, but you still need, after you put your faith in Jesus, you need to go under the water and come up out of the water. Uh, And I know sometimes we pour on people and stuff. There's all different ways we, you know, we do it. But the the bottom line is you're at the river. (laughs) Okay. Uh, You know, it's, it's immersion and it's believer. It's always believer baptism. There's no such thing as baptizing somebody who hasn't put their faith in Jesus yet. Believe and be baptized. Believe and go under the water and come back out of the water every single time. Okay, that's what we always see. Um, Acts 2. Verse, remember, we were in Acts 2, verses 36 to 41. And, uh, uh, okay, okay, okay. So uh, I'm going to flip because I was going to use this here. Okay, in Acts 2, verse 36. I'm going to have to do it the old-fashioned way. All right, here we go. Um, Acts 2.36, Therefore, let all Israel be assured of this. God has made this Jesus, whom you crucified, both Lord and Christ. When the people heard this, they were cut to the heart and said to Peter and the other apostles, Brothers, what shall we do? Peter replied, Repent and be baptized, every one of you, in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ, for the forgiveness of your sins, and you will receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. The gift of the Holy Spirit, the, uh, the promise is for you and your children and for all who are far off, for all whom the Lord our God will call. So we see that at, this is what is that, uh, uh, I better read the next couple. Uh, no, we'll just stop there. Okay, so we see right there that at Pentecost, as soon as people put their faith in Jesus Christ, they were baptized. Uh, Oh, no, I want to read the next couple of verses. Verse 40. With many other words, he warned them and pleaded with them, save yourselves from this corrupt generation. Those who accepted his message were baptized, and about 3,000 were added to their number that day. So we see at Pentecost, when the Holy Spirit came, right away, as soon as they believed, they were baptized. In Acts 8, remember we looked at Philip and the Ethiopian? In Acts chapter 8, verse 34. Acts 8, 34 where it says, uh, 
Here it goes. The eunuch asked Philip, tell me, please, who is the prophet talking about, himself or someone else? Then Philip began with that very passage of Scripture and told him the good news about Jesus. As they traveled along the road, they came to some water, and the eunuch said, look, here is water. Why shouldn't I be baptized? And he gave orders to stop the chariot. Then both Philip and the eunuch went down into the water, and Philip baptized him. Woo, right there, Philip and the Ethiopian immediately baptized. Paul himself in Acts chapter 9, Paul's conversion. Acts chapter 9, verse 17. Ah, there we go. All right, good, good. Uh, Acts 9. This says 8. Okay, there we go. Okay, Acts 9, 17. I'm going to start using this because just sometimes the versions are a little bit different. And for, also from what I have memorized. Okay, so uh, we see Paul's conversion. And for those who are watching, you wonder what went on. We lost our power. It's back on. And uh, thank God we have our great tech team back there to uh, work it out. Uh, this is fun, right, Rob? You like this. You like the challenge. I know. This is, he needed that. Rob was bo- getting bored. He needed the challenge. Right. <clears throat> Verse 17, then Ananias went to the house and entered it, placing his hands on Saul. He said, Brother Saul, the Lord Jesus who appeared to you on the road as you were coming here has sent me so that you may see again and be filled with the Holy Spirit. Immediately something like scales fell from Saul's eyes and he could see again. He got up and was baptized. Baptized. Immediately after his conversion, he was baptized. In Acts chapter 10, Gentile Cornelius and his mob that wanted to, came to hear uh, Peter talk. Acts uh, 10 verse 44, where it says, While Peter was still speaking these words, the Holy Spirit came on all who heard the message. The circumcised believers who had come with Peter were astonished that the gift of the Holy Spirit had been poured out even on the Gentiles, for they heard them speaking in tongues and praising God. Then Peter said, Surely... No one can stand in the way of their being baptized with water. Uh, you jumped ahead at me. <laughs> Thank you. They, ha- they have received the Holy Spirit just as we have. So he ordered that they be baptized in the name of Jesus Christ. Then they asked Peter to stay with them for a few days. Wow. Right there. Uh, then also we saw in Acts 16. We're, getting, we're seeing a trend, aren't we? Here? Acts 16, verse 29 to 33. That w- we're talking about the jailer and his family. The, uh, the jailer called for lights, rushed in and fell, trembling before Paul and Silas. Then he brought them out and said, Sirs, what must I do to be saved? They replied, Believe in the Lord Jesus, and you will be saved, you and your household. They, uh, uh, I think we jumped. Oh, is that it? Okay. Oh, okay, sorry. Okay. Then they spoke the word of the Lord to him and to all the others in his house. At that hour of the night, the jailer took them and washed their wounds. Then immediately he and all his household were baptized. Middle of the night, baptism. Uh, We're seeing a trend, right? And then here we are coming back. They believed and were baptized. Believed and were baptized. And then we come back to Acts 19, which we started with. In Acts 19, 4 and 5, Paul said John's baptism was a baptism of of repentance. He told the people to believe in the one coming after him, that is, in Jesus. On hearing this, they were baptized in the name of the Lord Jesus. Jesus, believing and being baptized. Why is baptism so important? Why is it such a priority? Because what's the last thing Jesus said before went up? 
What was the Great Commission, right? The Great Commission. Well, not the last thing, but very close to the last thing. Uh, Matthew 28, 18 to 20, the Great Commission, which you all have memorized. Remember that was an assignment many years ago? All right. Uh, I'm going to have to go with memory because it disappeared on me. All right. Uh, Then Jesus came to them and said, All authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. Therefore, go and make disciples of all nations. All nations baptizing them in the, name of the, in the name of the Father and of the Son and the Holy Spirit and teaching them to obey everything I've commanded you, and surely I'm with you always to the very end of the age. Go and make disciples, and the very first part of that is baptizing them. Baptism is a very important uh, command. It's the reason why it, 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 it's the reason why it, uh, was, it was commanded. It was commissioned. Because, why, why was it commissioned? Why was it commanded? Because it's so important because of what it means to us, what it means to every believer, whether you're a brand new Christian or whether you've been a Christian for many, many years, uh, whether you're whatever age you are, it's just as important to every one of us. Baptism is commanded for every believer it's not optional it's a public witness it's commanded commission it's a public witness that's why it's very important to invite people if you're if you get baptized i always encourage people invite your family right invite your family and friends invite them uh you know let invite people that you want to hear your testimony you want to hear the gospel and and uh invite them and share what you're doing and share why you're doing it let people know that it's vital because it of what it means it's a public witness and what it means it what it stands for it's an outward picture of what has happened inside when you put your faith in jesus christ and the holy spirit comes inside of you people can't see that right they can't see that. That's an inward thing. But when you're baptized, that's an outward picture. You're showing them what has happened in your life. Our old sinful nature has been killed, was crucified with Jesus, is dead and buried. Our old sinful nature, dead and buried, okay? And now we come out with a brand new resurrection life with Jesus Christ. We go under the water. It's a picture that our old self died. We come out again. It's a picture that we have a brand new life in Jesus Christ. And now now we're going to really talk about for Christians here. That's what Romans 6 is talking about. In Romans 6, verses 1 to 4, where he says, What shall we say then? Shall we go on sitting so that grace might increase? May increase? By no means. We... We are those who have died to sin. How can we live it any longer? Or don't you know that all of us who are baptized into Christ Jesus, it's everywhere. (laughs) It's everywhere. Those of us who are baptized into Christ Jesus were baptized into his death. We were therefore buried with him through baptism and death in order that and to death, in order that just as Christ was raised from the dead to the glory of the Father, we too may live a new life. That's why. That's what it's a picture of. Isn't that awesome passage? Verse 3, we know we were baptized into Jesus' death. We know we are baptized into his death. And verse 4, through the power of his resurrection, now we can live a new life. The old self died, we have a brand new life. Baptism is a picture of dying, under the water dying and coming out a brand new person. It's a picture of that the human race is is in rebellion against god why why is this important jesus died why is it important that 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 he went died and, and came back alive because the human race is in rebellion against god we do we need proof of that 
watch, read the news, watch the news, you know, whatever. It's daily shown to us that the human race is in rebellion against God. And our sin separates us from God now and forever. If we have any sin in our life, anything, one little white lie, you might think you're pretty good. One little teeny white lie, and nobody's that good, but one little teeny white, that's enough to separate us from God. Just one thing in God's sight. One sin is enough to keep us away from God and keep us out of heaven because God is holy. He's perfect. Romans 3.23 says this, for all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. All have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. And you might not be a lot worse than one little sin. You might have thousands and millions of sins, right? You get the point. We're covered. All of us are covered with sin. We, you know, and, and that keeps us from a relationship with God, and it keeps us out of heaven. For all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. The word sin literally means to miss the mark. Thank you. It literally means to miss the mark. We have missed the mark. What is the mark? Perfection. God's perfection. That's how God created us originally, Adam and Eve, right? But but we've missed the mark. And when we miss the mark, we can no longer have a relationship. We miss the mark and we miss out on heaven. We miss out on God's purpose for us here on earth and we miss out on heaven. That's what that's what sin does to us. Uh some of you might not know that Bob Bob has a woodchuck problem in his his garden. And Bob uh is always looking for ways to deal <laughs> Deal with the woodchuck. So he got a he got a, a a shotgun. He got a shotgun because they're harder to hit with the rifle. He could do it. He's good. He's good. He could do it. But but he he got a shotgun to really make sure he can get him. But funny thing happened when he was get, getting ready working with his shotgun and testing it. He couldn't hit anything. He said, "Well, I must be really getting bad." He had his friend shoot it right. I'm getting this right. And it turns out that the the shotgun shoots eight. How many inches high? 16 inches high. So he shoots at the woodchuck and he's getting something else, shooting in the air. 16 inches. It was The barrel was messed up. He's never going to shoot a woodchuck with that woodchuck gun, right? So he sent it back where you're going to hopefully get a fixed shotgun. But all of us have a faulty shotgun. We've all missed the mark. We, we, are not, we are not getting what God wants us to get. Uh, I told this story before. Uh, Ron Rohrbeck, I know Linda's watching. God bless you. And Ron's in heaven laughing, I'm sure. But uh, he, he, uh, he got his new gun. What would he get, Rob? Was it a rifle? 22? 22 rifle, something. And, and he went out to get his woodchuck out in his property. And, and I'll never forget, he said, I went out to get it. And remember he shot? And he missed the woodchuck, and he shot the tractor tire next to the woodchuck. Yeah. <laughs> he was funny. He was funny. Uh, and uh, we miss him, don't we? And, uh, and uh, so he, uh, he missed the mark. All of us, all of us have bad aim. All of us have faulty uh, guns, faulty equipment. We missed the mark, and because of that, we missed out on a relationship with God, and out of, uh, we miss out on getting to heaven someday. God wanted to fix that problem, so what does he do? John 3:16. For God so loved the world that he gave his one and only Son, that whoever believes in him shall not perish but have eternal life. Yeah. 
So God made a way. God sent, he loved us so much, he sent his son to die on the cross in our place for our sin, for our crimes, for our punishment, for everything that we've done wrong. He did that. He, he paid the price. Jesus paid that price on that cross. Imagine this. Imagine, uh, remember a couple of years ago there was all those riots going on all summer, and then it culminated in the big riot in, in the Capitol building. And, and a lot of people over the, the last couple of years have been on edge because they know they're on video smashing a police car. They know they're on video attacking the Capitol. You know, all those rioters from all those months culminating in, in the Capitol, they've all kind of been on pins and needles wondering if someone's going to report them or they're going to show up. So here they are waiting, just waiting, waiting, waiting for that knock on the door, right? And what's going to happen to them? Imagine, imagine being that person wondering anytime they're going to show up. We are that person. Every one of us is waiting for someone to knock on our door. And, and, and it's called death, right? And we are facing punishment. But someone came. Imagine this. Imagine you're that rider and, and you show up to the judge and you're getting ready to be sentenced. And someone else steps forward and says, I, I'm going to take their place. Let them go. Can you imagine? Someone saying, let them go. I'm going to take their place. That's exactly what Jesus did. We all deserve punishment. It's on video. <laughs> Everything we've ever done or thought or said is on a video somewhere. And, and it, it's in heaven. And the only way to get erased is by the blood of Jesus Christ. It's the only thing that can erase that tape. But Jesus took our place he came and took our place and said you can go free you are pardoned that's exactly what jesus did for us but we have to put our faith in that it's one thing for him to do it for us but we have to accept what he did we have to receive that gift we have to put our faith in him and 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 take the gift we have to believe and receive and if we put our faith in Jesus Christ, we can be forgiven and given a brand new life now and forever. Once we put our faith in Jesus, brand new life now and forever. And once we do that, we are baptized to show what has happened on the inside. It's an outward picture of what has happened on the inside. When we go underwater, we're showing everybody that our old life is dead and gone. We're buried with Jesus Christ. And, and when someone dies, uh, you know, what do you, what do you do with them? Every one of us someday will face death unless Jesus comes and takes us up before that, right? Uh, but every one of us, when we die, what happens? We're buried. You don't, this is why you don't sprinkle somebody in baptism. You don't, what do you do with a dead body? You don't sprinkle it with dirt. That's still going to stink, isn't it? No, you bury it. And when we, when we are baptized, we're not just sprinkled, you know, but we're, we're, we're going under that water. And uh, once again, if someone's, you know, there's different issues. Uh, some people are, we've done, we've done pouring water and stuff like that. It's okay. But my point is, though, that's the picture of baptism, okay? And when we come out of the water, we are now alive with Jesus Christ. We're showing how we're now alive. Jesus called it being born again. The Greek actually says born from above. Born from above is the actual Greek meaning, but it's the same idea. You're born from above. You're born again. In John chapter 3, verse 3, in reply, Jesus declared, I tell you the truth, no one can see the kingdom of God unless he is born again. Verse 7, you should not be surprised at my saying you must be born again. You must be born again. Once is not enough. 
and there's a definite time it happens. We may not remember exactly when it happens, but we know it happened. We must be born. You don't remember when you were born physically, probably, right? Nobody does. But you know it happened because you're here. And we, we, we must be born again. I, I run into people all the time. Well, I'm a Christian, but I'm not a born-again Christian. Well, I tell them, then you're not really a Christian because Jesus said you must be born again. Must be. Have, have you ever been born again? Have you been born spiritually? Have you ever put your faith in Jesus Christ? Said, God, I don't want to sin anymore. I ask you to forgive me and wash me clean. I want to be, put my faith in Jesus. I want to be forgiven. I want to go under that water and come out a new person. I want a new life in Jesus Christ. Have you ever taken that step of faith? I hope you do it today. I hope you're doing it right now. You don't have to wait. You can do it anytime while I'm talking here. Anytime, anytime, anywhere. And when we're born again we now are a new person second corinthians five seventeen says therefore if anyone is in christ he is a new creation the old has gone the new has come you are a it's like you're transformed the holy spirit inside a new being a new creation it reminds me of cicadas remember the cicada story last week well this is a happy one this is a happy one all right cicadas have you ever seen the baby cicada when they're before they turn into cicadas you ever see them you're digging in the wood or something, and there's these little crab-like creatures. They're like little alien creatures, right? They always dig them out as kids. They, they, they look like a little walking crab, you know. You see them in the shells. You see the shells off and out around the trees. This crab-like creature, and all of a sudden, this, this, it cracks open, and slowly but surely out comes a cicada. That You know these giant fly things, all right? And they, it comes out, and it's flying around, zooming around. It goes from being a, this crab-like creature to this flying, you know, flying free you know creature and that's that's a picture of what happens to us we go from this 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 bound by sin bound by satan bound by the flesh and we break free and we're a brand new flying around cicada right and that's a happy that's a happy story all right uh that's that's what happens do you have that life in jesus christ do you have it have you put your faith in him i hope you do it now 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 follow me now here because this is, this is really important where we're going with it. If you have that life in Jesus Christ, if you have done that, then I hope you're living in the reality. I hope you're living out the purpose uh, of, of what baptism is showing us. I hope that we're living in uh, a new life, a life of freedom, a new life, a life of freedom. Any, everybody here living completely free spiritually? Okay, if you raise your hand, you can leave now because you're not going to need this next part. All right? But I'm, <laughs> don't anybody go. All right, all right. Now, this is really important. Three keys to living our freedom. Just from a couple verses here in Romans 6. In Romans 6, 6, it says this. In Romans 6, 6, he says, For we know that our old self was crucified with Christ so that the body ruled by sin might be done away with that with that we should no longer be slaves to sin. We know so it's a different version. I don't know why I got memorized. So that's why I got to it's like speaking a different language. I got to translate in my head. Right. So uh, we know that our old self was crucified with him so that we are no longer slaves to sin. We have to know that that's the first key. And every time you watch a baptism, this is what should be driven home into your head. Romans 6, 6, we know, it's vital to know this truth, that I'm no longer a slave to sin. You see somebody going into water, that's a reminder to me. I, I was buried too. I'm no longer a slave to sin. I am free. That is a, a fact. It's a fact. 
that I'm free of slavery. Laura loves to catch pets. You know, she always tries to catch, you know, got a snake, got a turtle, got a frog, got a polywog, and, and she's always got something. And But the thing is, after about a short time, she gets bored with it, and I, and I have to go let it go somewhere. Uh, I give the fish to Bob. I got him in his fish tank. There. So, so, the, the, so I'll take them, though, like the turtle or the snake. I'll take them out. They've been in the in the aquarium or where we have them in for the last week or two. I'll bring them out. I'll set them down. And guess what they do? Nothing. Because they don't know they're free. And I'll be at the creek and I'll show the turtle the water. I'll give a little, you know, hey, look, water. And all of a sudden, oh, I'm free. And he dives in and he's gone. And the snake, all of a sudden, wait, gone, you know, gone. You know, they, they, because we, the same thing, we are bound for so long by sin and Satan, and the world, and our flesh, that it, we, we have to realize that I know I'm free. That's very, very important. It's a fact that we're free. And then we must also not just know it, we have to believe it. We have to believe it. Romans 6.11. Romans 6.11 says, In the same way, count yourselves dead to sin, but alive to God in Christ Jesus. Some of your versions, instead of count, you have reckon yourself. Reckon yourself. I reckon Right? Uh, reckon it. Uh, count it. Just, this is when we believe it. That means to, to count it, to reckon it, means to believe it, to put your faith in that truth. Just as we're saved by faith, we must live by faith. We have to believe that we're really dead to sin and alive in Jesus Christ. Because why? Because you're going to get hit hard every day. You're going to get hit with temptations. You're going to get hit with attacks. You're going to get hit with struggles. I know most of you can't understand what I'm talking about, but in time it will happen to you. In time. All right. Yeah, yeah, it's every day, right? We get bombarded every day by the flesh, by the world, by the devil. And, and, and they're always saying, do this or think this or live like this or feel this or drink this or smoke this or pop this. You know, they're con- the world's constantly saying that that's the, what we, the, the world, the devil, the flesh is constantly saying this. And when God's word says, no. Do this. The world says this, and God's word says do this. And, and we know why. Because the world's lying. Satan's a liar. The thief comes only to steal, kill, and destroy. But Jesus said, but I have come that you may have life and have it to the full. If we follow God's word, we're going to have fulfilling life. We're going to have real life. The world's a lie. Look at the people who have lived with the world for so long. Are they happy? Look at the celebrities. Are they happy? Come on. Look at COVID and all the people who aren't Christians living in complete fear, paralyzed by fear. And you, they don't have the answers. You want to live like that? We have Jesus Christ. We have peace and joy. It's hard. We go through a lot. You've all been through a lot. It's hard. But, hey, only thing worse than going through whatever you've gone through, whatever we've gone through, I tell people all the time, the only thing worse than going through this is going through it without Jesus. Because he will get us through. He will get us through. And we have to believe We have to believe that. We must know it and believe it. And then after we know and believe it, it's very vital to live it, to act on it. Acts, uh, I'm sorry, Romans 6.13. Romans 6.13 says, Do not offer the parts of your body to sin as instruments of wickedness, but rather offer yourselves to God as those who have been brought from life to death and offer the parts of your... Part... <laughs> I'm losing the screen here. Hold on. But rather offer yourselves to God 
as those who have been brought from death to life and offer the part of yourself to him as instruments of righteousness. We have to act on it. We have to offer ourselves. We have to act on what we know and believe. And it's a daily decision. Daily decision. Not one time. It's a daily. Am I going to die to myself and, and live by faith? Every day. This is where the rubber meets the road. This is where it gets real. When faith is put to the test, will we act on what we know and believe? How are we going to act? How we feel? What the world's telling us? How something bad has happened? How, how are we going to react? Are we going to act? Are we going to act on what we that? Or are we going to act on what we know and believe? And it takes time. Listen, we're all broken. It takes a lifetime of spiritual struggle to get here, doesn't it? it there will be many crashes. There will be many times we feel like quitting. Satan will accuse us. We're going to want to quit. Satan will accuse us, right? You're not a Christian, but we have to persevere. We have to persevere. We have to become more like Jesus Christ every day. It's called progressive sanctification. At the moment we put our faith in Christ, we are saved and we are sanctified, set apart. But then there's practical sanctification. We become like Jesus. That is progressive. It's day by day. And years later... Years later, 90 90 years old, looking back at your life, Yoshi, and seeing all the changes in your life. Amazing, right? But that's what will happen with us. We'll look back. Wherever you are right now, if you persevere and work toward progressive sanctification, you'll look back someday and say, wow, did I really do that? Did I really think that? Did I really want that? that? I don't even know who that person is, right? I don't even recognize myself anymore because because you, you, we'll have that sanctification, the progressive sanctification. I use a lot of uh, uh, the example of, of on the farm. We would drive down the lane, and in time, we would have on the tractor with the machinery, there'd be these ruts in the road. And we'd always drive the same spot in the lane, and it would rain and make the ruts deeper. And pretty soon, when you went down the lane, you had no choice. You had to drive in those ruts. Because if you tried to get out of them, you kept sliding down into them, sliding down into them, the machinery slide down into them. You were stuck in these ruts in the lane. But then when it got bad enough, my dad would go take the disc, the disc, all the, the thing with all the wheels, you know, the sharp wheels on it. He would pull it down the lane and chew it all up. And he'd come back again and chew it all up. And there it was, nice and smooth. And then we could drive wherever we wanted. And we'd make new ruts. Right. But that's what the whole point of being a Christian is. We have to make new ruts, godly ruts, godly habits, uh, you know, learn to live a whole different way, not following our old emotions, but but letting these emotions be renewed. And baptism is a vital reminder to all of us to know, to believe and to act. Now, get this. uh, Say it with me to know, to believe and to act. Those are the key things. But the first step is putting your faith in Jesus Christ. Have you taken that step of faith? John three sixteen. For God so loved the world that he gave his one and only son, that whosoever believes in him shall not perish but have eternal life. And then are we living by that faith? Once we put our faith in Christ, are we living by that faith? Are we moving forward in, that, in our faith? Galatians 2.20 talks about living by faith where it says, I have been crucified with Christ, and I no longer live, but Christ lives in me. The life I live in the body, I live by faith in the Son of God, who loved me and gave himself for me. We're saved by faith. We live by faith. Are we living by faith? Listen, we are either moving forward in our faith, 
forward sliding backward. There is no neutral in the Christian life. If you put it into neutral, guess where you're going? Backward. Because we're fighting up a hill, baby, right? We're fighting up a hill. And you put it in the neutral, say, I'll take a little time off from this. You know, I'm not going to fight so hard. You know, I'm not going to worry about this temptation. I'm not going to worry about this. You know, as soon as you put it in the neutral, you are sliding backward. And that is what happened. And it's heartbreaking. I see so many Christians. I'm watching this, these baptism videos. I'm watching them. And some of them, i, I got to tell you, it's hard for me. But one thing is I love watching them because I love to see all the people get baptized. And, and so many of you are baptized in these videos and you're growing. But I also see a lot of people that were baptized at have fallen away that have backslidden and i'm just like oh god it's so sad to see people backslidden not following you anymore not going to church anymore not you know just it's just that there's some people on that video that that have backslidden and and that is, is i've seen so many over the years we must know believe and act on it are you living it are you living it? What is an area of your life that you need to surrender to God? An area of your life you need to surrender to knowing, believing, and acting at it. And maybe it's baptism. Maybe it's baptism. Maybe the Holy Spirit is calling you to be baptized. You've never taken that step of faith. Talk to me. There's room in the river for you. You know that's our saying, right? Uh, if you've never been baptized, you are missing out on an awesome blessing, an awesome experience. And we're missing out because we need to hear your story. So if you've never been baptized, talk to me. It's supernatural blessing that just can't describe it. It's just unbelievable. But but talk to me if you're interested, if you've been praying about that. Well, you don't have to pray about it. You just got to do it. You, know, you don't pray about something God commands us. You just do it, right? right? Yeah. Some people say, well, I'm going to pray about that. I go, well, but the Bible says, believe me, baptize. So it's not something you should pray about. You just got to decide, are you going to do it or not? All right. so I'll leave it there. I'm, I know I'm really convicting now. Okay, let's pray. How is the Holy Spirit speaking to us? Have you ever put your faith in Jesus Christ? Have you ever taken that step of faith? For God so loved the world that he gave his one and only son that whoever believes in him shall not perish but have eternal life. You can take that step of faith now. Receive and believe. Believe and receive. God, I I don't want to sin anymore. I repent of that. Everything in my life that has separated me from you, God, I ask you to forgive me. Because I'm putting my faith in Jesus, your son. I put my faith in Jesus' death and resurrection for me. I'm letting him take my place so that I can really live now and forever with you, God. If you have prayed that prayer of faith, if you do put your faith in Christ, I want to encourage you to tell somebody. So we could be excited for you. Tell me on the way out. Fill out the card. Tell your family member, friend, anybody who's here, or maybe somebody at work. Let somebody know so that we can be excited for you and encourage you 
for those of us who are already Christians, how is the Holy Spirit speaking to us? What is an area of our life that we have to know, believe, and act on in faith? Something that we've rut that we've stayed stuck in for way too long. Would you pray the prayer, God, that I, I want to fight this battle? Even though I have to fight it to the, my last breath, I'm going to fight this battle. God, I'm going to tell whoever I have to tell. If I have to tell Pastor Chuck, if I have to tell a counselor, if I have to tell another brother and sister in Christ that I trust, I'm going to tell somebody because I want to break this. I want to be free because you've promised I can be. Father, I pray that for every person here. And maybe your prayer is, God, I'm going to get baptized. It's scary and uncomfortable, and I've kind of shut the door to that, but Lord, I will get baptized. Make that commitment. It will be the most awesome day. Besides putting your faith in Christ, it's the next most awesome day in your spiritual life is getting baptized. Father, I pray that every person here that we would take steps of faith, whether it's baptism or whether it's living out our faith based on baptism. I pray that, and Lord, we also just are so thankful for Yoshi and her life, how she's persevered through so much. And we just want to celebrate her birthday now in Jesus' name.